If you're looking for a clean, sober, professional, academic, well-researched, historically accurate, generally accurate, serious podcast on Southern folklore, ghosts, bizarre events, and unique people, this podcast is not for you. However, if you've decided you can live with that, then join us for The Strange South. Randy, Randy, cut this out. (laughs) Oh my Uh, goodness. Hi, Marleya. Hi, Patrice. Hi, Courtney. Hi, Courtney. Hi, y'all. You sipping on the good stuff now. Yes. It was, Mm -hmm. uh, what'd you say, 114 heat indices today? But now it's. No, but now the thunderstorms now cooled the it thunderstorm. off without murdering all of us. So that's nice too. It, it looked nice like bonus. it wanted to murder it all of us. Had murder clouds. We, Definitely some and, murder and clouds. And a little bit of murder wind. Yeah. So, yeah. But I mean, it's mercy storm at this point. Like, yeah. It, yeah, it, it really changed was. so fast, the temperature. What is the temperature now? I'm, just I'm looking right now. I think it's in the 70s. Yeah, it was like, oh, it feels fuck. like 72 now. So for yeah. reference, so it is uh, Saturday, the 1st of July <laughs> at 622 in the evening. The, the temperature of feels like is also 72. Let's do Which our math shocking. real quick. Right. That is cut in half. Yes. Yes. That is, yes. Oh, shit. It really that is. is. The half the feels like temperature from four hours ago. Wow. Half. I was out in my garage. It was 114 heat index. And I was no. just like, you could tell like. A lot of the time they well, get maybe not advisories. half. That's 140 degrees. Oh, that's but right. Still, but there's oh, a four, yeah. it's like a 50 degree difference. There was, there's a one and a four. <laughs> and a I was four. like, I believe you. <laughs> I mathing, totally I'm not mathing right. I, was totally I thought I was going 114, 70 and 70 that's, is that's one. half. We cut 40, it in half. But still, 40 something difference <laughs> is huge. <laughs> that is a big difference. I'm telling you, we talked about that heat burst last week, and this oh, is we did. like we, this we is, lived through it. Today. If it had happened real fast, this would have been what it felt like. I think I would have flipped my lid. Uh, yeah, I saw an article about a micro something, micro heat, a micro something. After that, I meant to yeah. screenshot it and send it to you. In a news article, mm-hmm. um, popped up a mic because you know. It's been like this in Texas for the last two weeks. Yeah. Like they're they're getting like a hundred and twenty. Oh yeah, feels like. And yeah. it was a Sorry, it was Texas. a Texas yeah a burst microburst a heat microburst mm-hmm. or yeah, something is what they called it. Yeah, that's yeah. what she was talking about. Yeah, there was just an article about it like right after you talked about Damn. it. Wow. Where it rose really fast, and I'm pretty sure it was Texas because they're suffering. I mean, mm-hmm. we've suffered for like three days now, but they they've been having it hard. hard. Oh yeah, very hard, and it's. My my uh, air condition went out. Yeah, because it was out when we were yeah, when yeah we were recording. Right. So it went out and I got it fixed on Monday because I knew it was going to be like really mm. hard. Um, And that scared Thank me because God. I was like, oh, my God, what's, what's this going to cost? And he took like a really long time. And I was like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> I was yeah. like, oh, Jesus, please, AC, don't do this to me. <laughs> and then I talked to my parents and my parents were like, yeah, our AC just went out. And I was just like, oh, oh no. God. And theirs is a little bit worse because it, it already like was hot. And mm. so they had to go buy like one of those portable AC mm-hmm. units just so that they can sleep. And I was trying really good to be consistent, like to to acclimate my family because I knew it was going to be like, it's, good. it's oh, yeah. not even August yet, mm-hmm. y'all. Mm-hmm. This year's going to be shit. And y'all. it's, it's <laughs> already like so we already hit like those hundred degree indices. And so I, I knew it was going to be rough. So I was like trying to acclimate my family. 
I was like, okay, we're going to just live. I was like, because the power bill is fucking sky high mm. already. And I was like, I cannot be paying $500 for electricity this Oh my God. Month, right? No. And and so, I, you know, I turned it down. We're all kind of sweating. We're like sweating in bed. You know, we're like there. <laughs> it's like, we're not naked. Like you suggest. Said, they like, said, wear clothes. Some clothes, on. Wear clothes right? So it would wick away. So, like, you know, so we're all like covers off fans um and having just the shittiest night's sleep ever still yeah, man. and after i got that air condition fixed and i'm like fuck it yeah because we cannot we have gotten to the point where we cannot function yeah we cannot do our jobs we cannot sleep and it's like affecting us all the way around it's like we are just gonna have to pay that price mm-hmm. and be okay with it because just being that hot is mm-hmm. just nope Nope, nope. That's why I'm thankful These for are, my tiny house. It's not yes. technically a tiny house, but it's a very small house. It's pretty close <laughs> yes. to a tiny house. It is. 996 square feet. Yes. So, And I'm thankful for it. Yeah. When it's hot and when it's cold, it yeah. keeps it in and mine doesn't fluctuate too, too much. Yeah. Summer, nice. I might see like a $40 a month jump. Yeah. Yeah, this is extreme. Maybe 50. This, this is, is extreme. This will right be. now is this not will the time be probably to test the most. it if no. you can avoid it. You know? no. no. I did turn mine up one degree, though. I turned it up to 74 because it was just constantly running. And I thought, well, yeah. I mean, when it's 114, feels like 74. They're not going to feel that much different than 73. Right. No, ours now. was 75, but we were out moving that stove in the like garage today and went inside. And the, every, like three... Every other person in my family would come inside and go like, I'm so glad for this air conditioning. No, no. Yeah. And they would only have been out there for Praying. like maybe 90 seconds. Oh, yes. I know. I know. And I'm just like, we. I'm just, I'm just going to accept it. I'm not going to feel shame. No. This is modern like living in the South right now. I'm thankful for air conditioning. Um, and I'm also like, well, we keep ours like at 776 mm-hmm. uh, and it's constantly running. Yeah. I think it's, oh it's a 76 yeah. yeah and it constantly runs like constantly yeah so I think I've gotten old because when I was in Orlando I kept mine between 78 and 80 and I left the windows open most of the time what when I was working from home yeah and I was home all day long and I was just like ah <laughs> but in Orlando too there's always and I've said this before I'm sure there's it's not necessarily a breeze but you get rain every day uh, there's a drop in temperature every day at around the same time depending mm, yeah man like it's we had very very consistent yeah and so you can it's like you always have that to look it's like i can make it that far it's like i can make it to that right. you know i can make it to the drop so nice but anyway in, anyway so yeah that's really just me and my coming to grips with my electric bill and thankful for my air condition we'll put up a little small shrine and like get it food give it little like a little bit of whiskey what's your shrine gonna be maybe we should get a little frosty the snowman yeah. from our christmas bin make a little shrine <laughs> go get a so what is it where they call it tiger blood snow cone yeah <laughs> Oh my God. Now I picture, okay, so we have this, uh, we have this Frosty the Snowman um, Christmas ornament that we've had since before I was born. I think it was my brother's and mm-hmm. it's, it's three styrofoam balls and they're like the 19, early 1970s styrofoam balls. They're not pretty. They're like, right. cr- like crunchy. Yeah. They're mm-hmm. crunchy and they're really old and they're all stacked on top of, no, there's two, sorry, there's two, not three, but they're bigger than your fist. Like they're right. pretty big. 
And then he's got little felt feet sticking out and he's got a little felt hat on top. And he's just, he was always my brother's favorite. He wears, he like weighs nothing. Mm -hmm. But I just had a picture in my head of him like being the god of the shrine, like sitting there with <laughs> yes. his, little, his little broomstick that he holds. Ooh, and then I pictured his little weird dark eyebrows growing Ooh. across his mean little face. That, <laughs> like, That's right. Anchor, you have made the gods angry. That's right. Feel my wrath. <laughs> Don't let it get below 74. <laughs> Or no, I should say, don't let it get above seventy four. <laughs> yeah, man. yeah, yeah, man. yeah. But that that's all. Just trying to stay cool. That's all we got. Stay yep. cool, friends. Stay yep. cool. We <laughs> didn't choose a summer drink because, well, because I didn't get my shit together today. Let's just be honest about it. <laughs> it's it's been a weekend. I've had a yeah, I had a loss. Um, I lost someone today who's very close to me. Um, who's like a surrogate father to me for many years, like my second dad, and um. He was a big enjoyer of Scotch whiskey. Having just come back from Scotland, we had to talk about it last week right. about all the favorites that I had. And he he's traveled abroad. He was a former military, and he's lived all over. And he's been to Scotland and Ireland. And he was a golfer, so he played at St Andrews oh, before. Wow. Yeah. So we talked about all the favorite ones that I had, and so I had told him I brought. I didn't bring any back, but I found out ones I liked, and then you know we're finding them here in the U.S. and. Right. So the one we have today is Glen Morangi 10-year. So for everybody who thinks scotch has to be smoky, I've proved this wrong. Marlea this does not delicious. like smoky. I did not like smoky at all. <laughs> and I learned in Scotland it's according to where it's made. So a lot of those made on the West Isles, on the islands, are more smoky. They use peat. peat. Is it the peat that the makes peat it? peat is what makes it that smoky. And then some don't use that. They use other methods. I don't know exactly, but um, I did go to a tour, but I didn't remember. Probably would. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, but this is much, you could tell too, it's like, it's more amber colored. It and is. It's got like, a, almost kind of like pretty. a vanilla and a, I don't know. Yeah, it's a sweeter. It's a sweeter mm -hmm. flavor. Not sweet by any no, means, mm -hmm. but compared to like the really smoky, smoky mm -hmm. campfire taste. So this is Glenmorangie 10 year, just mm -hmm. simply single malt scotch. It's delicious. No rocks, just a dab of dip, dip of water, dip like of a little water. couple of drips to open up the flavor. And so, Slanja. Slanja. To Jim. To Jim. To Jim. Oh, that's thunder. That I was like, thunder. what is that? That was thunder. God says to Jim. <laughs> to Jim. <laughs> All right. We'll be right back. Do you want more Strange South every week? We can help. You can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and you can join our Facebook fan group, Fans of the Strange South Podcast, to keep the chat going with our whole creepy community. Do you have a story idea for us, or a story of your own to share? Email us at stories at thestrangesouth.com. Plus, if you join our Patreon, you not only help support the podcast, you get free swag, extras, exclusives, and a discount on merch. You can find links to all these things on our website, thestrangesouth.com, along with photos, links, and show notes from every episode. Strange South t-shirts, mugs, stickers, and other goodies. See you there. Accidentally, when I was, it was sitting like this, it was calling something. It was calling emergency, but it, it wasn't. Oh, but God. it wasn't nine one one. It said emergency call zero four oh. unknown. Zero four is that the Scottish emergency number? Is that what you <laughs> call it? <laughs> um, you know, one of them is nine 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 nine, and I think it was Scotland is nine nine nine, and then 
I don't know. I think when we got to Ireland, we didn't know what we were to, how to call emergency. <laughs> it'll be fine. Yeah. Call nine one one. It'll call United States. <laughs> yeah, sorry. So we're over in Scotland. Is there a way that you could contact them? <laughs> Can you tell, call their emergency number? <laughs> Would you please call Scotland for me? <laughs> Does information have Scotland's number? Oh, did we? But did we pause? Nine nine nine. We paused and then I started it back up. Oh, dude, you're on it. And right. well, I mean, I felt like while I was down there, my soul started back. Up. <laughs> That's okay. That's what she said. Oh, it's the same. <laughs> It's nine 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 in Ireland. Mm, nine. nine 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 nine. <laughs> oh my god, that scotch Th- through my nose would have hurt so oh, bad. Thankfully, no. oh my god, we don't have to call nine 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 about it. <laughs> this is true. This thankfully, is true. I never had to call nine nine nine. So, um, yes, thankfully. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. This story is going to be a two-parter. I'm just okay. going to so warn you. So we already you. know. We already know. It really probably should have been more than that, but I'm trying to condense it. But let me just scard it. Scard it. Scard it. Scard it. <laughs> There's a lot going on. And I'm taking a lot of liberties saying, because this is not Southerner, but I'm saying that they probably peed at a Bucky's in Texas. <laughs> and so I'm even claiming Texas as like our crazy lone wolf cousin state. But we really know that's not the South. Sorry, Texas. They're their own South. You're, you're your own South. Your own thing. Uh-huh. Um, but it deals with like its own level of crazy. The story deals with its own level of craziness. And religion that we're very familiar with that we've talked about before. And I also wanted to talk about this because it's very, very recent. And while it was happening, while the story was like happening and on the news, I remember seeing the photos, but I didn't pay attention. And uh, there's a Netflix um, documentary that just came out about this, even though it's still very, very new and fresh, like as of May. and. I had no fucking idea, and I am just simply just, I, I can't deal. I can't deal. Wow. Okay. <laughs> okay. I can't deal. <laughs> but because it's just like so, oh my God. So bring it. I'm bringing it. So there's a sleeper movie that I made Marleya watch. Sleeper. And, and it's actually one of my favorite movies. It's not a feel-good movie, and I think it may have been Bill Paxton's, one of his <laughs> first directorial debuts. Mm-hmm, right? And so all of the lead actors are from Texas. Speaking of Texas, it's got Bill Paxton, Matthew McConaughey, and Booth Powers. And I made Marleya watch it, <laughs> and she was kind of horrified and didn't really understand how I connected to it. <laughs> and I felt a little weird about it being my favorite movie. What is it? It's Fragility. Fragility? Yes. I don't know it. I'm gonna have to... Nobody knows it. That's why well, I, I mean, you'll I like have to watch it. You'll have to watch it. You'll have to watch it. But I'm going to tell you kind of a synopsis of what it oh, is. Okay. So it has to do with this family whose patriarch was told by God that demons exist in the world and it was their duty to smite them. Okay. So it's kind of like the demons. Holy, smite. holy shit. So right. So it's fascinating to me because it deals with religion. It deals with people, extremism. And it also like fucking terrifies me because fanatics fucking terrify me mm. as they should, as mm-hmm. they should terrify you too. Mm-hmm. You're not paying attention. And isn't it 
largely because they're living with this delusion of just I, I can't even people that have this delusion again i just don't understand it how blind it is but a lot of religion is like that where it's that blind leap of faith and for a lot of people it's that blind leap of delusion to the extreme so yeah i went on a bender watching you know true crime this month and shit if i didn't come across because i wasn't paying attention fuck this fucking story that we watched like in real life like in real life oh and so what i'm going to talk about today is the doomsday mom doomsday Wait, mom what have y'all heard about this no i don't think so i don't think okay so. well i think if you if you saw some of the images you would recognize and i'm not going to say what the images are yet because like i said this is a two-parter and if you haven't heard anything about it or you haven't really been following the news because again i was gobsmacked when i started watching this and going holy fucking shit all right so the doomsday mom is Lori vallow and there are a lot of people in this story there's like there's so many like there's so many people and family in this story i'll just have to hold on to your girdles i'm gonna try to like make sure everybody knows exactly who the players are in this because there are a lot the so Lori vallow was born Lori noreen cox june 26 1973 so she's my age mm -hmm. in San Bernardino, California. And her parents were Barry Cox and Janice Cox, and they had four children. They had her, she has a sister, and then two boys who were maybe twins. Mm -hmm. Anyway, and they lived a relatively ordinary life. She was raised in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter day Saints. Her dad said from a very early age, she took to scripture and the word, and her faith was very strong. Also, Lori is pretty fucking beautiful, like blonde hair, blue eyes, huge Texas grin. I'm saying Texas, even though California, huge California <laughs> grin. She was a beautiful child. She was just beautiful growing up. And right out of high school, she married her high school sweetheart, Nelson Yanes. Yanes? Anyway. Nelson. She married Nelson. <laughs> He's not really that important. Um, but they got married. She got married young at the age of 19, which is not unusual for somebody that's brought up in a church like, you know, mm -hmm. of course, I'm making generalization. Y'all, I'm going to make some generalizations. Okay. <laughs> no, I'm not going to apologize for it. <laughs> so anyway, 19, they divorced. 19 wow. and married. Didn't take long. Married and divorced. Married and divorced. Okay. Like a year. Then she married this guy, William Lagioni, mm -hmm. something like the fuck that. Mm -hmm. And they had Colby Ryan. The, she had her first baby, Colby Ryan. And um, they lived in Texas. So there you go. There's the Buckies in Texas. And this was mm -hmm. 1996. And in 2001, Lori marries for a third time because they got divorced. And she and her husband, who is named Joseph Ryan, have a daughter called Tylee Ryan. All right. So she's been through three husbands. She has two children by separate husbands here. And Tylee was born September 24th, 2002. And Joseph Ryan, her third husband, was pretty abusive towards his stepkid, um, and Colby and his own kid. And I even think Lori. Lori ended up and there was like allegations of like, well, obviously abuse, but like sexual abuse, too. Mm -hmm. And so 
When Lori found out about that, she like took her kids and she ran and the couple divorced in 2004. And she told her brother, Alex, so there's Alex Cox and Adam Cox. Those are Lori's two brothers. And she told Alex Cox about what she, you know, what the kids have told her about, you know, her ex-husband. And Alex went and hunted Joe down and physically assaulted him with a taser. He went to Texas and like assaulted him with a taser and had there was talk about plans to kill Joe Mm -hmm. because of this. And and so that was like really hot and heavy, like, you know, serious. This is going to happen. You know, I'm going to go kill him for like touching my nephew and my niece and stuff like that. But by this time, and, and Lori was like all into that, too, but. By this time, Lori had moved on because she met this guy named Charles Vallow. And this is 2004. So they got married. So the little one's only two, though. Yes. Yeah. Correct. Correct. So they got married. So this is her fourth husband. And Charles is a really good guy. He's stable. He fell head over heels in love with Lori because Lori is bubbly. She's like cheerful she's like blonde and hot and (laughs) and all the things and he just fell head over heels in love with her and uh they married like not too long after they met and charles was a catholic so he converted from catholicism to the lds church and they were active in the churches they did all all the things the potlucks the classes the singing I don't know. Do they sing in more? I don't, yeah, I, don't I think so. I think so, but without instruments, maybe. Maybe, but the Mormon tabernacle, tabernacle, t- tabernacle <laughs> choir. Yeah, so a they do. Big deal. Yeah, so that that's yeah the singing thing. I, I couldn't remember. So they're they're doing great. Charles actually adopts Lori's oldest son, Colby Ryan, and um, her daughter Tylee. Colby Ryan, it's not going by his like his dad's name. He goes by the third. Mm-hmm. It's it's very confusing, yeah. y'all. Okay, so he anyway, goes by the same name as his sister. Then, mm-hmm. right? It's his sister, correct? Yeah. And they're very tight. Like yeah. the children are like. When you said his name was Ryan, and then you said the second third right, husband's name, right? So he's yeah, he's not named after his biological dad. He's after the the shitty dad, same as his sister. So Charles adopts both of them. And Charles already has two sons from a previous marriage. It's really a fabulous thing because Charles has money. He's a solid character. Um, He provides stability, a great home for the family. The kids are like, yes, he doesn't like he's like a dad to him. He doesn't Mm -hmm. beat them or try to sexually assault them or anything Mm -hmm. shitty like that. Lori decides, and I don't know if it's... From the documentary, I got the feeling, and I may need to watch it because I may have misheard it, but I thought that like maybe God told her that they needed to move to Kauai. Like? Like Hawaii. Kauai. 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 The the, the island? The island. Yeah. Yeah. And so they did. That'd be awesome. So they mm-hmm. picked up in 2006. Do it. God told me that too. And, and <laughs> Colby and Tali and Charles. <laughs> And his, like, two sons, they all moved to Kauai. Uh, Charles opens up his, he's, like, in insurance or something like that. And he opens up a business there, and all the kids go to school there. And 
they're living the dream, like mm-hmm. the beach every day. You know, it is perfect. Um, about that same time, Lori and Charles decide to adopt Joshua Vallow or JJ. And JJ, again, bear with me here so you understand this. JJ is the biological grandson of Charles's Vallow's sister. Okay. Kay. Woodcock. So it's his great his nephew. Great it's nephew. his great yeah. nephew. Okay. And they did that because Charles's sister's son fathered a child and abandoned the mother. Mm-hmm. And the mother had the child and abandoned the child in the hospital because it was born like three months premature. And also JJ is autistic. So mm-hmm. Charles's nephew was crap and left his son. And yes. now he's going to Yes. And so they're going him. right because oh, his, his sister was was raised raised him from a baby till two years old and charles is like look you know we have the family structure here the kids you know it's a blended family anyway Mm -hmm. you know Lori's fantastic with the kids Lori's like a model perfect mom kind of situation here and and she was like definitely on board with this and so they ended up adopting jj and jj comes over and is living on the his best life on the beach, getting to play in water, mm-hmm. like loving all of this. And this goes on for several years. Like this is such a happy story. Right? Love it. Yeah, exactly. The end. The end. <laughs> but they end up like everything is great. They actually hmm, until me, until well, they're still at Hawaii. Ryan at this point, he's like twenty one. Wait, Kobe? Kobe? Colby? Sorry. Yeah, Colby. Sorry. Colby. 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 Yeah. Is 21 and he moves back home to Arizona because that's where they were initially living after Texas. And he, you know, goes to college and he finds someone and marries that person. And then this is 2014. We skipped up to then. And then Tali is 15 and JJ is five. And this is, I'm sorry, this is 2017. So, yeah. So they're all living. They live like for three years from like 2014 till 2017 on the island. Then they move back. Everything they was didn't, fine. Everything there. was fine. I think it was um, cabin oh, fever. <laughs> well, I bet it was expensive. And yeah. And just like they had family, you know, on the mainlands and stuff. That would be the hard part. It's and and like I think anytime you move that part, like a, an ocean away from family, you're and you can't just hop in, yeah, yeah, hop in the car and, and drive. So, OK, so they were living in Hawaii. Then 2017, Lori, they right now just have two children with them because uh, Colby moved away. So it's just Tylee and Ryan. They come back to live in Arizona. And, and all through this, you know, Lori's the most energetic mother she's active in church they do the small groups whatever she's like the typical soccer mom she's taken on jj and all of this colby like i said gets married Lori doesn't like the person that he marries Mm -hmm. at all so there's like bad vibes there and there's a whole little story there i'm not going to go into but it's when they come back to the u.s mainland she starts up it's like the relatives of Lori, when she moves back in 2017, people start to notice a change in their relationship with her children. Okay. Like something happened in 2017 and she just, she gets different. 
she's a little different. And she, this is the same year that she starts a podcast with her friend Melanie Gibbs, mm-hmm. and, and it's called Feel the Fire. And of course, and of course, it's because God's talking to Lori. It's also around this time that Lori is reading this guy named Chad Daybell's Doomsday Books that her behavior also starts to change a little bit. So the next year, 2018, in just passing, Lori mentions to her sister-in-law, Kay Woodcock, that Joe Ryan, so the third dad, yeah, the third Third husband, the abusive husband, the abusive husband turned up dead. Oh, and she was telling Kay, she's like, Well, he was just so evil that God just took him. And she said, He's been dead three weeks and nobody found him because nobody cared because he was that, that he was just evil. And that's just, you know, that's good be, okay. because, you know, he needed to go. And fortunately, Joe had her listed on his insurance policy. Oh. And Kaylee also got got money from him and so Kay was like it was just a weird conversation because it was so matter of fact like there he's dead mm-hmm. and it's like my grandpa just came to visit and nobody yeah, <laughs> yeah. and nobody knows why yeah. kind of deal right and so she goes well he had a heart attack but then we had him cremated immediately mm-hmm. <laughs> Interesting. so apparently she had like a lot of control I was gonna say how in his been the one yeah. his life still so yeah Anyway, Lori's still reading these books of Doomsday by author Chad Daybell. And these are fictional books about preparing for the end of the world. And Chad lives in Roxburgh, Idaho, which uh, I was listening to like a dateline about this this morning. And they said Rox, Roxburgh, Idaho is like 95% um, LDS. Mm-hmm. So Interesting. Yes. So in October of 2008, Chad Daybell and Lori Vallow finally meet in person um, at this religious conference there in Rexburg. And, you know, it's just like she's this bubbly, like very enthusiastic, charismatic, beautiful, like fangirl coming up to this kind of lumpy, (laughs) middle aged (laughs) dump truck of a guy. truck he's a dump truck well i mean if you look at him they describe him as being like very mild mannered very nice very like you know easy to talk to kind of person but he kind of looks like leave it to beaver kind of like (laughs) you know kind of persona that he has but he kind of looks compared to Lori, he looks like a dump truck Mm -hmm. so if you're looking up their pictures now what's his name Chad Daybell. Daybell. Okay, I won't. Then. Okay, yeah. I, won't, I, yeah. I looked up the wrong name. Okay, yeah. So save it, and, and we can talk about that later. Okay. So, dump truck on oh, So anyway, Chad is also Mormon. He's married to um, a lady named Tammy, and he has five kids because, again, Mormon. <laughs> and so Chad and Lori start texting immediately because, again, she's fangirling, and, I mean, hello. She's beautiful, and if you have a beautiful blonde woman sitting there, like, hanging on your every word and believing everything that you believe, then yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, of course, you know, Lori and Charles are still married, but things are changing, because when Charles's mother dies, all of a sudden, she doesn't go with him to the funeral. Oh. And, and Kay, his sister, thinks 
that's kind of shitty mm-hmm. and, uh-huh. it's, and it's odd. And she kind of lets her brother know, like, it's kind of shitty and odd. Yeah. But Charles has been so in love with Lori. He loves Lori so much. And they've been like, this is the most stable relationship she's ever been in. Like, it's 10 years or so, right? Or more. And um, like every house that they move into, because they've moved quite a bit, he always like gives her or makes her a dance room. Oh. So every house is the dance room. Yeah, because she loves to dance. So like he does like the mirror, I guess, and whatever. Because that's just like every house he wants to make her happy. So he makes sure that he sets up a dance room for her. But he was telling his sister that she's been like hanging out in her dance room more and more. And then at night she'll spend like two or three hours dancing and recording herself. And she, he was telling his sister that he felt like she was sending it to somebody, emailing her, um, her movies of her dancing to somebody. And Kay was like, dude, <laughs> she's like, if she is not already having an affair, she's getting ready to have an affair. And he's, and she was like, you need to protect yourself. But Charles was so much still in it, even until like near the end. Like Chad, Lori believes that they are part of the 144,000 that we have talked about before. And I'm like, I'm sorry, y'all. There's this cat lady in Tennessee that already has, if not the people, that many cats. (laughs) And you are just going to have to get in line. (laughs) But if you don't know about the 144,000, it's a special group of people that were chosen to prepare for the end of the world. And I actually went, it's in Revelation 7, and I'm going to read to you Revelation 7, where this is mentioned. Because oh, goody. this is what, and it's, it's long, right? Oh, I used to be fascinated with Here Revelation. we go. So after this, I saw four angels standing at the four corners of the earth, holding back the four winds of the earth, that no wind might blow on earth or sea or against any tree. Then I saw another angel ascending from the rising of the sun with the seal of the living God. And he called with a loud voice to the four angels who have been given power to harm earth and sea, saying, Do no harm the earth or the sea or the trees until we have sealed the servants of our God on their foreheads, and I heard the number of the sealed, 144,000 sealed from every tribe of the sons of Israel. That's some fucked up shit. (laughs) I'm just going to say that right now. All right. So Lori and Chad believe that they are part of this group, and thus they have the highest power. And Chad already believes, like, they believe in multiple lifetimes. And Chad already believes that he has lived, like, 33 lifetimes already. And that he has ascended, because, like, with each lifetime you ascend, if you do good. It's it's kind of almost a Buddhist thing, too, right? Very karma-like. Yeah, very karma-like. That if you ascend, that, you know, the higher you you get to exaltation or being godlike. But he believes he's already ascended that much, and now he is the prophet. And Lori, while she has been in multiple life, he tells her, and she's like, I feel it. He's like, not as much, but higher up there, 
And we have been together in uh, our former lives. I bet you have. Yeah. So what a, what a so line. It's not cheating. <laughs> we were together first. Right. And, but they've only been, here's another thing. They've only been, you know, it's 33 and it's like 20 something for her. So how many times she's been reincarnated, but only five times on earth because they have been reincarnated on other earths. Mm. All right. And he tells her that she is a powerful woman, that she is a powerful goddess and that she was meant to basically rule and lead. That was their job for for them to lead the people to be the 144. Right. Okay. And so this podcast that they have and what they start talking about and what his books are talking about um, is like preparing the people, like finding these people. Um, because now they're in charge of this and preparing them for the apocalypse, which was supposed to be July 22nd of 2020. <laughs> wow, they were close. Close as anyone. Right. right. And this is like, this is still like, so they're preparing so in, in 20, like 18, 2019 <laughs> and COVID hasn't even happened yet. Mm. So they were like, see, we told you. Uh-huh. They also believe that they're supposed to go out and find these 144 and bring them to Rexburg, Idaho, which is going to be the headquarters for the 144. But Rexburg is just, it's like 29,000 people. Like and 144,000. And so 95, 95% of them are all Mormons, right? And so, yeah, I know. I was like, just make sure the 144 is sitting down for a big meal at Chinese. <laughs> <laughs> they got to bring their tents. And they were talking about, oh my God. Yeah. Oh, you don't know. So obviously oh, this God. is a healthy relationship. <laughs> okay. I haven't gotten to the crazy part yet. <laughs> Y'all. Okay. So they're, they're bringing people over. These are people of the light. And they were here. They came to this. I, I can't even just say this. I can't even spout this shit off. Y'all, I'm just going to paraphrase. Okay. Because this is so wackadoo. So. Paraphrase. So paraphrase. The 144 are people from the light. They're the goodest of the good. And they're the ones that are going to all move to Idaho. <laughs> and everybody Sounds else. Sounds like heaven to me. That's right. <laughs> everybody else are the dark. So they start separating people of the light. People of the dark. They, Cold wash, warm wash. Right. There's they also talk about there's five worlds. Each world or life, I guess I don't know. I don't know if they know, are created with a Satan and a savior. And the fifth world is Earth. And they believe that every time somebody dies, there's like a two minute window when a demon can come in and take over your body. Oh, interesting. They talk about this a lot and they talk like after the demon comes and it's like if they sneak into your body two minutes after you die, then you are basically the walking dead. So you're a zombie and they use that term zombie. But you huh. still die. But, but then when you come back, dead. you're walking dead. Yes. Right. So they, they talk about these zombies. But the thing about it is they start to manipulate that. And thinking that, okay, some people are being led by Satan 
and the demon has already snuck in. And so those people really aren't like light anymore. A demon snuck in, so now they're dark. And they're walking around, but they're already quote unquote dead. Hmm. Like the old person is dead and the demon is walking around in their body doing all the things like they normally do, but they're they're dark now. And it and there is a correlation here between who's light and dark. Hmm. And a lot of it seems to be like the people who are on board with yeah. Lori and Chad are in the light and the people that are giving them a hard time or yeah. don't believe or even rolls their eyes or has a bad day around them tend to like be put on the dark list. Yeah, of course. Because of course. if they were light, they would believe them. Yeah, exactly. And also like, so there's also, so there's the zombies and the light and the dark. And if you're dark, you're just a zombie. And there's vibrations that also relate to the level of spirituality that you are and this is the level of lightness or darkness. So, you know, you can move up in basically popularity with them. You move up in your lightness to like number one. And if you move down to like number three, then it's like a darkness. So they have like this whole system between light and dark. Who's light and dark? It's basically their shit list mm-hmm. is what it is. Lori starts referring to her husband. Uh-oh. Charles as a demon and sh- they give demon names so she stops calling her husband Charles and starts referring to him as like I forgot the name that she gave him it's a really stupid one but like Rick like in his to his face yeah or basically she's talking about him she's very people. matter of fact about all this she does not really hide this at all when she's around I think like normal people she just doesn't like talk about it you know she doesn't like she's not in the grocery line going (laughs) yeah so like i'm a goddess (laughs) i think i need to get ahead of you in line here (laughs) or you know whatever but you know to the people that she is around she's very very matter of fact with this so on their their dark list is her second husband who's already dead melanie gibbs husband who she got divorced from her brother Adam Cox, not Alex, because Alex is all on board with this. Mm-hmm. Alex is the one that went after with the taser, mm-hmm. her now dead husband, ex-husband. Lori's father, Tali. What? JJ and Chad's wife, Tammy. Damn. Are all on the dark list. And her mother and her sister, and like I said, Alex, are not mentioned, so I assumed that they are um, on her light list. So during this time, all of this is happening. Charles Calder, like sending emails to Chad, sending these movies of her dancing to Chad. Lori like disappears for two months. She actually goes back to Kauai. Who wouldn't? Right. Mm -hmm. Because she had a friend there and she's meeting up with this friend that was LDS and she's recruiting. And so Lori tells her friend about, like, what's going on? I'm here to come get you. There's this list. And the friend is going, like, okay, okay. And and I was listening to her talk about this meeting that she had when Lori showed up. And she's like, you know, it, it wasn't that crazy when she was talking, initially talking about it. 
And so she started talking about like these people being on the light and dark list. And I was like, okay, okay. And she's like, and and Lori's talking about even celebrities. They they have celebrities put on the light and dark list because again, they like 144,000 people. Like if you're having to like go recruit them, that's a lot of people to recruit. Yeah. You're going to be be doing it a lot. She's like, well, who is the darkest spirit on your dark list? And she goes, Oprah Winfrey. Oh my god and she was like <laughs> the fuck <laughs> she's like okay so after that that was like no 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 <sighs> and then she leaves so she just spent like a day or like an afternoon over at her friend's house and she doesn't go back to arizona for like another two months arizona or idaho where does she live now she lives, in arizona? she lives in arizona with oh. charles still okay. Okay. charles was listening to his sister a little bit. He still loves Lori. He's still giving her the benefit of the doubt everything. He goes off on a business trip. He tries to fly back. And and I think this is before she took off for a month. He tries to fly back. She cancels his, his ticket to fly back. So he goes and he buys another ticket. And he's like, what the hell kind of deal. And he gets to the airport where he parked his truck. And his truck's gone. Because she came and got his truck. And then he goes home and he can't get, he's like, he can't get a hold of her. He can't get a hold of his kids or anything like that. So in January 31st of 2019, he contacts the Arizona police and there's, there's body cam footage of this. And Charles is pleading with the officers. He's like, I don't know where my kids are. I cannot find my wife. She's not answering. You know, she took my car. And all of this, it's like she needs help. It's mm-hmm. like she has been talking about the end of the world and all this stuff. He's like, I'm scared for her. I'm scared for the kids. You know, I just need to know that the kids, I, I want the kids back. I need to know that they're okay and everything. And so they go over to the house that Charles and Lori have shared in Arizona. And he doesn't have his keys or, or something. And they break into that house. No, I'm sorry. This is, this is, no, they've moved into so many houses. No, this is right. So they break into the house. This is the one that Charles and Lori, and like, there's nothing in there. Nobody's in there. You know, he's worried and they finally find Lori and they bring her in and they talk to her. Well, they call her and they ask her to come in and there's video of this. And Lori's just sitting there being just as pleasant and grinning and charming to those Arizona police officers. And they are flirting and she is flirting. I mean, it is kind of sickening. She's, Where did they find her? Um, she came in. They called her and they're like, hey, could you come in for, you know, a little bit and let's talk to you and stuff? Because Charles is like, ha- it's having her committed, basically, because you, mm-hmm. you can have somebody committed, right? She, you know, came in and she's like, well, you know, she's like, look, it's like we're going through a bit of a thing. I found on his phone that he's cheating on me. Mm-hmm. He's just gone a little crazy. And. And they're like, well, he says that, you know, you're saying this. And she's just like, you know, he's just upset because, you know, I called him and all this stuff. So she went and like got a psyche vow and everything and passed it with flying colors. Hmm. She's very good at gaslighting Hmm. and flipping and not answering like the question, flipping the situation. I'm very personable and charming and everything like that. So in February of 2019, Charles falls for divorce, claims, you know, that his wife has viewed herself as God and she has threatened to kill him to his face if he ever got in her way for preparing for the second coming of Christ. Damn. 
And so like that incident happens a little bit later on. So they're separated, but Charles is still taking. And for whatever reason, she still has JJ. She still has the kids. And so Charles comes up to get JJ from the new house that they're living in in Arizona. So they moved out of their old house, which is why there was nothing in his house when he got home from his business trip. He was coming over to their new house to get JJ to drop him off from school because JJ is like his blood relative, right? And he goes in and Lori and Tylee are there. We think JJ may be like in the car, like in the car seat when this happens. And Alex, Lori's brother, is all in there. So Lori and Charles gets into a fight. Supposedly, she takes off with Taylee and JJ to take JJ to school. And all of a sudden, there's a 911 call to the cops. And Alex Cox has shot and killed Charles, Uh supposedly in self-defense. He's sitting out. So the cops come. Charles is in there. And there's body cam footage of, of this. Charles is like on the floor, face down, with like four bullets to the chest. Dang. And Lori comes back from dropping JJ off with her daughter in there. And she's like, hi, guys, what's going on? And they were like, your estranged husband has been killed. And she was kind of like, well, mm. and just like a very just nonplus attitude. The police take her, they get statements from everybody and they take Lori and Tylee and they put separate everybody and they like get everybody's stories. And during the interview, she is just smiling and just like recounting. She's like, what's happened? And their stories are somewhat similar, but not. And Alex is like saying it was self-defense. It's like he came at me with a bat. I've got an owie on the back of my head. Mm-hmm. So I shot him four times kind of deal. And so the cops fucking buy it. What? Yeah. And so and she is like nothing. Um, And you can listen again to the the 911 call that Alex made. And he's basically, yeah, um, my brother-in-law and I got into a fight and basically he came at me and I shot him. And they're like, is he conscious? And and he was like, nope. Is he alive? And he's like, I don't know. And she's like, well, could you go over and check? Do you feel comfortable performing CPR on him? He's like, no, I don't know how to CPR. And she's like, well, I'm going to walk you through it. And so she's walking him through it. And CPR is a very physical thing. Mm -hmm. There's no movement of him or the telephone, like he's putting it down or that he's doing anything. And she's like, okay. And she's counting for him and everything. And it's just like very like, okay, over on the other side. So come to find out that he waited 43 minutes before he called 911. Oh, I was going to say. Plus, he would be covered in blood if he'd shot him and he tried to do CPR. Right. Yeah. Be like yeah, when you go, like, you're just everywhere. like, oh, yeah, you know, and he's else. talking to her and he's like, okay, I'm doing it. You know, kind of deal. So, Lori's very chill. he's face down. How is he doing it? Yeah, for real. He didn't do it. He didn't do it. So, after, you know, Lori chit-chats with the police, that night she calls her son, um, God, fucking call him Colby. Colby. Colby, thank you. And she's like, Charles had a heart attack. And he's like, what? And he's like, are you okay? 
it is totally okay. Where is he? Do you need me to come? Like, like I'm on my way. Like, you know, what's going on? All these things. She's like, oh, she's like, oh no, he's taking care of this fine. You know, and she's again, very nonplus about it. Not emotional about it at all. He's asking her all these questions and she's just kind of vaguely answering and not answering at the same time. So the next day she, her, um, she sends her stepsons. Remember, he has two, two grown sons from a previous marriage. And she fucking texts them and she says, Hi, boys. I have very sad news. Your dad passed away yesterday. Oh my God. I'm working on making arrangements and I'll keep you informed with what's going on. I'm still not sure how to handle things. Just want to let you know I love you. And so did your dad. And so the sons text and call Lori back. Lori doesn't take their call, but they text her back and they're like, Lori, what the fuck? What's going on? What are you talking about? Where is he? Where's, you know, and they're asking all these questions and they're calling her and and she totally ghosts them. Like she does not respond at all. She waits hours and then she texts them back and they're asking her questions. And again, she's so good at diverting. She's like a genius master diverter. She doesn't answer the questions. She says nothing about the circumstances surrounding his death other than he just died. They call their mom and she Googles the coroner there in Phoenix and finds out online what happens you know, that he was shot by Lori's brother, which I think she may have said the heart attack. Either she said heart attack or suicide because she told one of the church members there that he killed himself. Mm. So she's like saying all these different things. Kay got a call from Charles's son telling saying what's happened. And she's like, what? And she's like, Charles is dead. And, you know, so her and Larry Google, because again, Kay's sister, right? They Google and they say, Charles has been murdered by Alex. And just like when the whole divorce thing was going on, Charles had taken his life insurance that Lori wanted him to get and moved it from her to Kay and told his lawyer and told everybody is like, if I end up dead, and this is like when the whole police, when he called 911 on her and had her committed, he's like, if I ever turn up dead, it is Lori and Alex mm. because she basically has told me that she's going to kill me, and that I have a demon in me and that I'm not even like myself anymore and, and all of this. So if I turn up dead, it is because they killed me. So he had a million dollar life insurance and. Shortly after he died, Lori filed a claim for it. And that's when he found out that Kay got the life insurance so that she could take care of JJ. And of course, Lori is fuming and she's like, she calls Kay up. She's like, I got five kids and no insurance money and you get everything. Well, she doesn't have five kids because three of them have moved out. And JJ is like Kay's blood kid, like my blood. So August 2019, that was in July, a month later, Lori calls Colby and she says, look, I'm going to go get a new job and I'm going to move, but I can't tell you where it is. It's just somewhere cold. He's like, what? And so he starts to quiz her and he's thinking, first of all, it's weird that she's not telling me. And, you know, of course, I would think that she would move from the house that, you know, her husband was shot in. but." To say it's cold, 
you know, Arizona's not cold. It confused him and he kept trying to quiz and she kept diverting. Then after that is basically when his contact with her and Tylee and JJ drop off. Lori moves up to Idaho and things start to happen like she returned JJ's special trained service dog to its trainer. Kay and Larry, who live in Louisiana, they call her up and they're trying to speak to JJ. And the last time that they faced timed with JJ was in August. And they said it was really weird. Like usually we call and FaceTime all the time, but somebody was holding the phone for him and it lasted like less than a minute. And he was like, OK, got to go. Bye. And she's like, that was it. And then they keep calling and Lori's all like diverting is making excuses. And so that September, Lori and JJ and Tylee and Alex moved to Rexburg, Idaho, just down the street where Chad Daybell lives and is still married to his wife, Tammy. And they move into this like apartment complex. September 8th, Lori and Alex and JJ and Tylee visit the Yellowstone National Park. And there's family photos of them together. And everybody like looks like they're having a good time. But it's like the last photo that they take of the children. And then September 23rd, uh, 2019, JJ was last seen at his elementary school there in Rexburg, Idaho. And during this whole time, Kay and Larry are keep calling. She keeps gaslighting them and making excuses. September 24th, Lori unenrolls JJ from Kennedy Elementary School. And she tells him that she's planning on homeschooling. And Kay, again, there she keeps calling and try to talk to JJ. Colby is trying to call his sister because she they usually talk a lot and he hasn't heard from her. And then he gets like this weird text that's like nothing like how she talks or or anything. And he's like, this is why are you talking like this? This is really weird. Just give me a call. And he tries to call her and nobody picks up. So this goes on up until like right before Thanksgiving. And then right before Thanksgiving, call uh, Kay. Charles's sister calls for a wellness check on JJ. She's like, this is enough. I mean, if it would have been me, I would have been my ass on a plane up there. Mm-hmm. But she didn't know, like, she calls on a wellness check in Arizona. But she didn't even know where they were. Because she didn't even know that they had moved. Mm-hmm. The police go there to check on her old address and no one is there. And she's like, she keeps trying to call Lori. She calls, I don't know if she call, talks to uh, Colby or not. But it doesn't seem like that. So Kay goes on to Charles's email and she sees, because she has access to all of that, she sees that there's an Amazon order from Charles for a ring and it's delivered to Charles, who has been dead at this point for a month or two, a couple of months, into Rexburg, Idaho. Mm. So she gets that address and she calls the Rexburg police and she's like, I need a wellness check. Where are the children? Lori. And this is where I'm going to pick up next time. It's going through and following where are the children because it is unbelievable. It is unbelievable. This woman is unbelievable. And it's, yeah. So join us next time and we will go through where the children are. Holy crap. I know. It's, it's bad. Thanks, y'all, so much for listening. (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to think they're in Kauai, I guess. I don't think so. (sighs) Damn it. Damn it. So we will um, talk to you soon and be sure to listen. Bye. Bye. Bye, y'all. 
Marleya, do you know what I adore about Romarin Ekabo? The Feline Welcoming Committee? Exactly. And the folks running the place are just good and knowledgeable people. They've got everything from crystals, incense, herbs, candles, and so much more. And books. Awesome books. Oh, so many good books. That's why Romarinette Corbeau is Oxford, Alabama's mom and pop metaphysical bookshop. And for our listeners, you can find them on social media or better yet, visit them in person. We've got a link in our episode notes and you can visit their shop in Oxford, Alabama. Check them out, y'all. Where are the children?